And welcome to Bags and Boards. Coming up on tonight's show, we take an in-depth look at Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle from USAopoly. Plus news, new releases, games on Kickstarter, and much more. What have we been playing? What games have we picked up lately? Find out tonight on Bags and Boards. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Lance McFarlane here along with D. Clark. D. how is it going? Doing good. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. It's Tuesday. It's early it in the week. Uh, if you're listening to this, you're listening on Wednesday. If you're listening live on 100.7 The Planet. If everybody didn't know, Bags and Boards is a weekly board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet, covering everything in today's designer hobby board game world. Welcome to everybody here in Steamville listening on 100.7, and welcome to everybody listening on our SoundCloud page or on your podcast catcher, wherever you're listening to, uh, to Bags and Boards. Welcome. Hello, everybody. And remember, you can always, if you're not in your car on SoundCloud, you can always listen online to the live stream at kxtr.com. Just click the Listen Live button over there. Exciting news this week, D. If you uh, can't if you can't make the show on Wednesday every time or if you're listening on SoundCloud and you think, I want to listen to that live, but I can't make it on Wednesday at 6 right. o'clock, we are now on every Saturday at 5 o'clock, a repeat of the show every Saturday at 5 o'clock. So if you're listening, we're talking about Kickstarter, those those. Dates might not be quite right, but right. other than that, everything should be good. So two chances to listen live. It's fun to listen to because uh, you don't get a lot of opportunities to listen to a niche hobby show live on the radio. Absolutely not. So uh, Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock, the original airing, Saturday nights at 5 o'clock Central Time, all of these uh, repeat airing. If you want to listen in, let your friends know, let your family know, let everybody know. We're on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX at Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards and at Bags and Boards TX at gmail.com. Dot com. You can find all of this information at our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash bags and boards, plus all of our past reviews and interviews and our RSS feed address, which allows you to add our show to any podcast catcher like Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Um, and over at our SoundCloud page, every Thursday morning, the new episode goes up. So uh, if you're in your car listening to a little bit, you're about to get out, you're stuck in your driveway trying to listen to the show tomorrow morning. You'll be able to listen to the show on SoundCloud. It's all good. We got you covered. SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards. So, D, right before we get into the news, we're going to take a quick break. And Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders, where you can buy, sell, and trade both new and used video games for any console, DVDs and Blu-rays, and comic books. They also feature a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering and other collectible card games. They're located at 2900 West Washington Street, Suite 60, right next door to the movie theater, and can be reached by calling 965-GAME or on Online at facebook.com slash game and movie traders sville we'll be right back with the board game news you can't miss cruising the planet we've got hard-hitting questions how long can the koalas hold food in their stomach musical performances don't stop make it pop dj blow my speakers up tonight i'ma fight till we see the sunlight the award-winning cruising the planet who was the idiot that gave you that award? You. Every Wednesday from 10 to 12 and Thursdays 4 to 6 on KXTR The Planet. Hip-hop you can't find anywhere else. Anywhere, anywhere else. This is a journey into sound. Right here on 100.7. Are you ready? A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value. 
Um, it's probably when I'm leaving work at night. Usually, like I'm a manager, so it has a lot of stress. So it just really like gets my night finished to a good end, and it just makes me happy. All is ready. I throw this switch. Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. KXDR, the planet. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo would like to welcome back TSU students to Stephenville with memory foam pillows and bamboo sheet sets to ensure a full night's rest for the busy student. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo at 150 College Street and the Blue-Eyed Buffalo 2 at 970 Lingleville Highway have been furnishing dorms, homes, and apartments for years. More information can be found by searching Blue-Eyed Buffalo on Facebook. The Blue-Eyed Buffalo, furniture, Texas style. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Bags of Boards here on 100.7 The Planet. So anyway, let's get on to the board game news. Not a lot going on, but D, I thought you might know a little about this game because I had never seen it or heard of it, really. Okay. I mean, if you said, does a Dragon Ball Z trading card game exist, I'd go probably, you know, but I'd just never seen it. Uh, so the Dragon Ball Z trading card game from Panini Games will be discontinued due to Bandai, the owner of Dragon Ball, all the Dragon Ball licenses, uh, pulling the license to release its own trading card game based on Dragon Ball Super. Uh, according to them, the games are very different. And uh, also, at the end of the article, I thought it was kind of interesting, uh, Panini uh, talked about that they're going to be releasing trading card games based on DC Comics. So that's a whole aside. But, um, yeah, do you know about this Dragon Ball um, I know. I knew that it existed. I knew no, that Panini had one. Playing it or... um, a handful of guys up at the shop have played it. Nobody's a super huge fan, um, so I don't think anybody's out anything by this game being discontinued. Certainly not in the area. Um, I find it kind of interesting that uh, Bandai is going to uh, try to put out their own game on it. Yeah, uh, Bandai being at least in my mind more of a media company than a game company. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of input on this. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'd say for me, it's more like, and not that I would ever play it, but I really like Dragon Ball Super. Have you watched Dragon Ball Super at all? I have not gotten to watch Super yet. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Really good. I've watched a handful of the first uh, few episodes and a trading card game based on that. I'm totally cool with. So last bit of news: Richard Borg's Commands and Colors World War One game, The Great War, is now available digitally. For PC and Mac via Steam. I looked it up. It costs $18. It includes 15 scenarios that can be played against AI or a friend via Hot Seat. I don't know what Hot Seat is, and I didn't have a chance to look it up. I am i don't know if it's online play or pass. Well, it's, it's Steam, so it's not pass and play. Hot, hot Seat is effectively pass and play. It is multiple people playing on the same computer. Okay, that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, uh, it seemed like online play was going to come soon because they had online and then it was like crossed out. Right. Like it's not quite ready or something. Commands and Colors, as you know, D, is my absolute favorite gaming system. Yes, it is. Which in the next few weeks I'm going to talk a lot about Commands and Colors and just kind of give everybody a almost a tutorial on the Commands and Colors system. Sure. Like how to get into it, where you want to be. Uh, the Great War I've played twice now. And I've got the expansion, which I haven't played. The Great War is up there with my favorites. It adds off-board artillery. Uh, it adds tanks. It could contend with Ancients as my favorite. Or Samurai Battles. Those are kind of tied. But, like, it's definitely up there. For sure. sure. D, what games have you played this week? Well. Besides Harry Potter, because we played say, that a lot. Played a lot of Harry Potter. Um, last night, I actually got, for the first time, uh, to play the Cartoon Network deck builder game. Okay. Which was um, it's part of Cryptozoic's deck builders. It right? is. It is part of the Cryptozoic's line. It's very different from their other games, 
long story short, if you are somebody who can play a game and not take it seriously at all, not care about anything that's going on, oh, look, that's cool, oh, wait, that happened, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Play it. It's fine. Okay. I'm not that guy, and if I never play it again, I'll be okay with that. Okay, good review. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't play anything except for Harry Potter. There you go. This week, because we played it a lot. I keep playing Animal Upon Animal with my son, but he's two, so we're not really playing it. We're right. More than playing, we're playing with, with blocks. animals. Yeah. You know, he's rolling the dice a lot, and then I go, okay, now you put this one on top of this one, and he'll try and do it. And he's so we're having a really good time with that. I got in Orleans from Tasty Minstrel Games, and D, I'm more excited about this game than I've been about any game in a very long time. Which we're definitely um, jumping on. I am pumped up about this game. I've already read the rule book. Oh, you are pumped. I am very pumped about this game. That's it for the games we played and got in. Did you purchase any games this week? No, didn't get anything bought this week. All right, man. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, D, we are talking about Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle. We'll be right back. Hey, this is your DJ, Kashino. Join me every Saturday night at 10 p.m. for Future Sound, my weekly mix show featuring the freshest trap, bass, and EDM from across the globe. Right here on 100.7 FM, The Planet, Stephenville's Rock and Rap Alternative. We've got the hip-hop you grew up with. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. And the hip-hop you enjoy now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm Lance McFarlane here with D. Clark, and you are listening to Bags and Boards, the board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet. We are brought to you by Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, right next door to the movie theater here in Stephenville. They carry a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. They also host groups and tournaments for all of these games, plus Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer, and more. For more information, they can be reached at 965GAME or at Facebook.com slash Game and Movie Traders. S-ville. So, D, we're about to talk about a game, and it's a game we've been playing a lot of. It's called Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. So, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle is published by USAopoly. Telestrations, to me, is their biggest release okay. up until this game. So, this game was designed by, get this, Forest Pruzan Creative. Okay. Company. That's so a company. I did read a an interview or like a article written by one of the actual designers of the game. Okay. In Game Trade Magazine from this month. So check that out if you get a chance. It, it was a really interesting article. It gave a lot of insight into their choices. We're going to uh, give you guys a quick overview of the rules. We're not going to spend too much time on it. We're going to try to not like spoil too much in the review because I want people who want to experience this game to really experience it. But there are going to be a few little spoilers here and there. So, <clears throat> But I would say to not worry about it that much. Because if you are a Harry Potter fan, when you open up each of the seven boxes, you're going to know what's in that box already. Right. If you've read the books. 
Because it is what's in the books. Very much in so. Each box. So D, the way Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle is played, it's played on a board where you put a bunch of decks of cards. It is a cooperative deck building game, a fully cooperative deck building game. Yes. Where we are playing one of four characters, Harry, Hermione, Ron, and Neville. Right? We are using allies and spells and items, all different things from the Harry Potter universe to defeat all of the different villains in the Hogwarts universe. Correct. To uh, win the game. Once we defeat all the villains, we win the game. So what we do is we reveal a dark arts card, which is going to do something negative to us. It's it's an evil spell, a dark arts spell, right? Right. Um, and then we're going to resolve villain abilities, which are going to do negative things to us as well. And then what we're going to do is, just like any deck builder, we're going to play our entire hand. We have a hand of five cards. We're going to play the whole thing. We're going to get influence to be able to buy cards later on. We're going to get attack to be able to attack the uh, villains who are laid out. And we can add, we can split up the attack. We can put it all on one. And it stays after our turn. We lose all of our tokens after our turn, so you want to use them all if you can. Correct. Um, you're going to play all your cards. Whatever you don't use, which shouldn't be much, you're going to discard. You're going to draw a new hand of five. When you can't draw a new hand of five, you shuffle your discard to draw up. It makes your new deck. So the cards you've bought off of the six that are available are now in your deck. That, that's really the rules of Harry Potter. You've got to defeat all the villains, and you've got anywhere from three to four locations stacked up, which have spaces for these cool little metal skulls. If you lose all of your locations to the skulls, you lose the game. That's how you lose. There's only one way to lose, one way to win. Correct. Right? We're going to take a quick break, D, and when we come back, we're going to tell you everything we like and don't like about Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle from USAopoly. KXTR 100.7 is brought to you by Philip Vasquez at TSULawyer.com. Philip offers TSU students and Stephenville residents law services for DUIs, drug offenses, and other legal matters. Philip can be reached at 254-796-2270, but all information can be found at TSULawyer.com. PhilipTSULawyer.com is dedicated to supporting Tarleton Student Radio. What you need is to turn your volume up. Let's go. Way up. Crank it up. Get your adrenaline rush on 100.7. It makes me happy. KXTR, the planet. All right, y'all. All day, every day. You ready? All right, everybody. Welcome back to Bags and Boards. Bags and Boards is brought to you by Circle A Skate Shop, located inside of Game and Movie Creators. Game and Movie Traders here in Stephenville next door to the movie theater. They offer skateboards and longboards and carry accessories including trucks, wheels, skate videos, and more. Information at 965-GAME or by searching Circle A Skate Shop Stephenville on Facebook. So, D, time to get into our review of Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle from USAopoly. I'm excited about this one, man. I wanted to first start off by talking about the theme because that's kind of what this game is about to me personally. It certainly draws a lot of attention. So I was definitely excited about this because there really aren't any other Harry Potter games out there. There might be Harry Potter Monopoly or Harry Potter Risk. I'm not sure. There, but there aren't any gamer games. There certainly aren't any good Harry Potter games out there. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I am a gigantic Harry Potter fan. Okay. So when I was, say, 21, I bought the first six books right when the seventh had come out and was in stores. Right. So my granddad had a really bad accident at work and was in the hospital for like a month and a half, right? And five days, I read the first six Harry Potter books. That's impressive. Within two more days, I had read the seventh one. So right. in seven days, I read seven Harry Potter books. That's that's mildly impressive, sir. Well done. 
I love the Harry Potter movies, but I will tell you, I've only seen the Harry Potter movies, I think, each of them one time. Okay. Okay. So you you know the story intimately well, I would say. Very well. So I'm a big, big Harry Potter fan. Right. The last time I read Harry Potter was quite a while ago or saw the movies. Right. So there are some things where I go, yeah, I kind of remember that, but I don't remember exactly. I mean, there's people that can go, well, this is this and this is this and this is that. Right. That's not quite me, but I love Harry Potter. Okay. So what about yourself? I'm going to get uh, crucified for this, I know, but uh, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan at all. You don't when have the, to be. When the when the uh, books first came out, everybody that I knew was talking about how great this series was, and I was like, okay, you know, I really like to read. I'm a big Tolkien fan. I'm a big fantasy fan. This seems like it would be, you know, more or less up my alley, and I went and grabbed the first book and just couldn't get into it. Yeah. Um, tried to read it three or four times. Finally gave up and set it down and said, this is apparently not for me. Y'all have fun. The one thing that I read in there that I thought was really cool was the concept of wizard's chess. Yeah. This big board, these giant pieces, and you're just standing on the edge and you call out a move and the pieces all move for you. Now, that said, um, I dated a girl for about five years. Yeah. And she was a huge Harry Potter fan. She never made me sit down and, and read the books, but when the... Uh, when the last two movies came out, she looked at me and said, you're taking me to these movies. I don't ask for much, but you're taking me to these two movies when they come out. Okay, the last two? Right. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to go watch uh, book seven, part one, and book seven, part two, I guess I should at least have a basic idea of what's going on. So right before uh, book seven, part one came out, I sat down and just marathon crunched uh, the first six movies. Oh, that's cool. So I've seen all the movies. Yeah. And they were okay. Um, but the books, uh, and, and maybe if I went back and read them now, having uh, watched the movies and yeah, having yeah. done these things, uh, maybe I would enjoy them more. For sure. But you should give it a shot someday. Most, most nerds, most geeks, most game players are big Harry Potter fans, and I am certainly at the shallow end of that pool. Well, hey, man, maybe uh, maybe you just don't. Maybe you enjoy the movies and the game, and that's it, right? And that's and, and that's entirely possible. I definitely am excited later on to uh, read Harry Potter to my son once he's sure. old enough. Really excited about that. Um, I will say that even though this game, and we'll talk about it more later, includes uh, stills from the movies. Yes. It's definitely based on the books. Okay. And I would say that almost emphatically. Because there, it's seven to seven, first of all, but that's not the real reason. It's because there's a lot of things in this game that just don't exist in the movies. Right. That are only in the books. And those, you can tell those cards when you get to them because they're artwork rather than stills. Okay. If you notice that there were some artwork cards. I did. Instead of stills. So, um, yeah, it definitely seems to be based more on the books than the movies, even though they do use images from the movies. And I will say Harry Potter so popular because we were able to get more... We didn't play one game of this with less than three, and only one game with three. Every other game had four players. And and the game that we played with three, we showed up late, and like we showed up to to my work, uh, where we're, usually there are people hanging out, and we can find extra yeah, yeah. people to play. And they were closing, and everybody was leaving. And that's the only reason why we played that with three rather than four. I feel yeah, pretty confident. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we were able to find people for every single game, which is not typically the case. No, I mean, not at all. We we typically, I would say, play two-player. Sometimes we get a three-player game of something in. But this was like every single game 
people wanted to play it. Yes. And people were excited to play it, and it was just interesting. Like, people were down for that. I kind of told you, like, I wish every game we played was Harry Potter-themed. Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> people were coming out of the woodworks to play this game, which, like, it's a deck-building game. Deck-building games are pretty popular over there, but uh, it's definitely... It was definitely more than just that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I will say this is a rare review where we have not played it two-player. We have not. Not not one single time. <laughs> Which is really interesting. Uh, so let's get into it. So the theme. So um, everything from the Dark Arts cards to the villains to the Hogwarts cards, which include your different allies, your spells, your items, um, they're all very thematic. I mean, this game is just dripping with theme because it's just – it is everything. Like – when you get hit with a dark arts card, it's like they're they're the dark arts cards. Of course, they're doing these things to you. Right. The villains' abilities make sense for the most part. They do, and uh, the way they the way some of them work together is really thematic, right? The way say Lucius and um, uh, Draco Draco work together. I mean, very thematic, right? Absolutely. And then when you are able to get certain cards, like when you're Hermione and you're playing Crookshanks and stuff like that. I mean, or when you're saying Expelliarmus, like when you can say the name of the spell when you call it out. Absolutely. Like really defeat a villain you don't like. I mean, it it's a good feeling. If you're a Harry Potter fan, very, very thematic. I mean, even the board you're playing on is the Marauders map. Oh, yes. So there's a lot of cool thematic stuff going on. On a, on a scale of one to five, this game probably scores about an eight and a half on theme. Yeah, I would I agree. mean, it's, it's ridiculously thematic. There's nothing in here that makes me go... Well, that doesn't really belong here, does it? Yeah, and something that's always good where the uh, mechanisms match the theme, right? Yes, they, they absolutely. They work really well in concert with each other, and uh, especially the Hogwarts cards, which are all the cards you're buying to be able to play and add to your deck. Sure. I mean, there's everything you would imagine. As you open up these boxes, the exact things you think are going to be in that box are in that box. The allies you're ready to see, whether it's Sirius Black or Dobby or whoever it is, the right people are in the right boxes at the right time, and it just, like, sings with theme. I mean, I yes. love it. It's uh, it's very cool from that perspective, especially if you're a Harry Potter fan. Or even if you've just seen the movies and you like Harry Potter, you'll go, oh, yeah, that character, that character. Oh, that item. I mean, that spell. You know what I mean? Yeah, even, even as somebody who only has watched the movies, there was not a single card in there that I was like, what is this? I've never heard of it. Yeah, for sure. There was nothing. And um, there... The spell cards I thought were kind of cool. Yes, because they are all red and they have like a like an energy thing in the shape of the exact like wand movement of that spell. Correct, which is pretty. It's cool. pretty cool. Um, so each, like I said, each time a box is open, whether it adds new mechanisms or not, the characters and everything in there will go with that book and really get you into the theme of the game. Um, like I said, you can kind of say the names of the cards while you're playing the game. And say, think of an ally as an actual ally rather than just a card in the game. Absolutely. So, you know, if you're playing a game, you'll go, okay, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this. You're going, all right, I'm going to play Dobby. I'm going to play Sirius Black. I'm going to play, yep. um, you know, Repulsa. Like, you're saying the things as you're playing them. Absolutely. For me, I was, like, compelled to do it, right? Um, <clears throat> we, uh, like I said, we played the first two games, but I was really excited to open up each box. And I would, like... Um, really want to go through the cards and look at them because you're shuffling the cards into big decks, right? Correct. Where you, there may be cards in this game we've never seen. It's theoretically possible. Um, because you're shuffling, especially the Hogwarts cards, you're shuffling, say, 
say, 20 new cards into a very large deck, there's, there's no there's no guarantee that those came up. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I, what, what do you think about that? Um, it's, it's certainly theoretically possible that you don't see every card. Yeah. Um, you were absolutely in one playthrough in one playthrough for sure. Uh, you were certainly a kid in the candy store every time we won a game and you would go to, you know, as soon as we won, you would go grab the next box. What's in the next box? What's in here? What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, uh, you were you were very excited to see what was coming and where it was and and what we were adding, um, absolutely. Which yeah. I think a lot of people would also be. Yeah. Um. That that is certainly a uh, a an interesting element to the game that uh, you can you can add and take take out. Yeah, as you for see sure. fit. Yeah, and there are like small touches that really add to the theme too. I mean, like your player aid card has a Hogwarts Express ticket on it. Little things like that. But your player card is really cool because as you go through the game, you get new player cards and the images on them are of them growing up. Yes. Right? And the abilities that they have really represent them just becoming better wizards. That's that's exactly right. And in the rule book, in the little rule books, each game, each box you open has its own little rule book, which each have a little pouch in the main rule book to stick them in. Right. They each have a little bit of text about them learning new abilities and stuff but it really does feel like that right sure um game one the uh the characters that you play with have no special abilities whatsoever and then by i can't remember is it game three or game four when you start when you get your first abilities with the characters it is game four it is game four um and so like uh ron uh does does thing gets gets things based off of when he does a certain amount of damage and Harry does things whenever skulls are removed from the location, which yeah. is something that, uh, you know, you need to happen periodically in order to make sure you don't lose the game. And Hermione is all about casting as many spells as possible, yeah, yeah. just as Hermione is. And then Neville is whenever he uh, heals himself or the al- his allies, uh, he gets extra abilities. Yeah, that's true. He gets extra health, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a... Uh... It, I will say the first three games are just a really simple deck builder, and then new stuff starts coming in. Yes. Um, where it gets a little more, uh, there's a little more depth to it. Um, so for me, I'm just going to list some things I really like about the game. Sure. We're, we're not running out of time, but I want to also talk about the other side, too. Sure. Right? So um, it, this game is definitely like just a fun, simple deck building game that does get more depth added to it, but continues to be a pretty simple deck building game that's just like, immensely satisfying from a thematic standpoint um, and is, I would say, an experience that any Harry Potter fan sh- would love to have in addition to the books and the movies. I think it's just as viable of an experience as those two. Not necessarily as great, just depending on your preferences, right? but just as viable of an experience. If you've read the books and love them, this would be awesome. If you've watched the movies and love them, this would be awesome. Just as like an ancillary experience to experience that story of those seven books. Right. Right. Um, So it has a lot of really interesting systems going on. They're like, um, there's a lot of different stuff going on. And while I may not like love everything in concert, which we'll talk about, like the different systems themselves, like the two currencies and how you're attacking the villains and that, you know, we can each add on to how we're attacking the villains and like, the way the villains work together. Like, a lot of interesting systems going on in the game. Um, 
At the beginning, you're fighting one villain at a time, but towards the end, you'll be fighting three whose powers combine to do some really interesting stuff. Right. Sometimes they don't, but when their powers are really working off of each other, it's bad for us, but it's uh, it it's really, it's well, it's 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 like a well thought out thing, right? Yes, absolutely. If they come out at the right times. So, and that kind of goes into the flip side of things, but if the right villains get out there and their powers are working off of each other, it can really destroy you, you know, which is uh just a it's, that's a well-designed part of the game. Absolutely. Um so the game uh I would say adds in the right stuff at the right time. The movie stills like as they progress get added at the right time. Um but you uh, you get like even say your allies and spells and items when you are playing say book five and this item comes out from book five and, right or game five it, it's a really cool feeling you're like oh finally this to defeat that villain so when when you get to get a item from book five and defeat a villain from book five even really even cool thematically there right right. So, um, playing uh, the end game of deck building games is always kind of fun, right? Sure. Because of how things ramp up to that point, and this is just the same. I mean, it's crazy. It's kind of ridiculous. But, you know, at the first, you're struggling to put one attack on on the villain. Right. You get to the point where you're potentially putting, I mean, you got like up to 12 attacks. Yeah, I did. At one point last I'd, night, which I think was the most I'd seen. There was a lot of 10, 11. I think you hit 12 or 13, something like that. I hit 13, or I hit 12 attack at one point, and I hit 13 influence at one point. Was able to buy a 7 cost and a 6 cost card at the same time. Okay, awesome. Um, that's a lot of attack. And people were getting insane amounts of money. So just like deck building games do, it ramps up to that level. Right. And you become almost unstoppable, right? Um, so where I would typically prefer art over... Images, I think in this game I like the images. They had to do art for the stuff that's from the books rather than the movies. But right. I like the I like the movie stills in this game. The movie stills worked pretty well. Um, they gave they gave a filling for those that are not intimate Harry Potter people. Um, you know, some of the characters that came out I did not instantly recognize by name, but when I got a name and I got a picture that I'd seen, you know, from the movie, oh well, that's that guy. Yeah. And, you know, some of them were, were relatively minor characters in terms of the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But they're still a, a more than an important enough person to go put into this game. Yeah. And so it was, you know, oh, well, that's what that's, that's that guy's name. I, I saw him on the, you know, I saw him in the, the sixth movie. Yeah. But I didn't remember who he was or anything. But now I have a fixed, I have a name and a face to put together. Yeah, that's true. Always nice. Yeah, they're very cool. Um, I, uh. The little roll books are awesome. The box looks really nice. Yes. There's a lot of space in there that's, like, not just blank space, but, like, designed blank space. Right. And I don't know what it's for. It, like, there's a there's a big plastic filler in there that, on one hand, is, is kind of nice because it, it shows, you know, put these things exactly here, put these things exactly here. It's really good for uh, or making sure that everything stays organized. But... It also leads to a lot of just empty space, just room yeah. with n- with nothing for it. Because it, once you're done, if you've, like, tossed all the boxes, if you line up everything with the dividers that they give you in the game, 
um, and then put your resources over in this little spot here and the dice in the dice spot where they go. Right. Oh, sorry. Spoiler there. But in the dice in the dice spot where they go, there's a half the box is empty at that point. Probably about that much. Yes. Probably so half the box. That, that was just the funky thing. But it's not just blank space. It's like there's like slants and th- it seems like something's supposed to go there, but it just isn't. I, I have no idea. Yeah. So uh, I would say my favorite things about this game besides the theme are that, first of all, this is a game that's going to bring Harry Potter fans into board gaming rather than a game that's going to bring board game fans into Harry Potter. I would agree with that. This is going to be an awesome game for getting people into games. Yes. Um, just straight up. I mean, people are going to see that this game exists and they're going to get it because they love Harry Potter. That's how big Harry Potter is. Yes, absolutely. Um, I and my I I just can't but like people are going to buy this game, man. Right? I mean, if they start selling this game at Walmart, especially yeah, if this or if, Target or yeah, if this if this game makes it into a big box store, it's going to go absolutely through the roof. Yeah. Um. That said, it's already taking off pretty well. Yeah. Even even going into you know having to go into game stores because people love Harry Potter that much. I know of like easily. Five to ten copies of this game have been sold locally. At least. Yeah. Even someone I know from here at work got the game who doesn't even play games. Right. You know? Um, the, the, my, I'd say my favorite thing, aside from the theme about this game, is that they went to such great lengths to get in every single thing from Harry Potter. Not one time did I, as a Harry Potter fan, say, oh, but where is this? Where is that? You know? Right. They really did it. I mean, they got everything I could think of that would have needed to make it in, and then some, in the game. The the one thing that I can say negative about that, and this may be me misremembering, so tell me if I'm sure, wrong. Yeah. Um, in book two, they fight the Basilisk, right? Yeah. Don't they use the Sword of Gryffindor to defeat the Basilisk? Isn't that like a big thing because it gets coated in basilisk venom? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But you don't see, you don't actually see the sort of Gryffindor until book seven. I think what happens though is they use it, but then like it disappears. Harry gets right? it, yeah, yeah. In book se- in book seven, you know, he gets it to actually use, you right? Know? But yeah, you're right. Um, which this is almost like you have to think of this almost like an alternate Harry Potter universe. Because Almost. If you're, if you're, I'll talk about this more later. But if you're fighting this villain from book one while you're playing game seven, and and you never take villains out. Yeah. So you are. Going so you to, will. Like so, Crab and Goyle will show up I mean, every single time. So thinking about which book things are in, besides like them coming out originally and going, oh, that's awesome. Right. Is like you could go down a deep rabbit hole with that but you are which right. is which is fair because sure. it, they do lose the sword i don't remember if it just disappears yeah. or if they actually you know had it and then lost it but it it's uh it does leave their possession and they don't get it back until book six or book seven something yeah. like that so yeah yeah you're right though um but final final positive thoughts about this game S- insanely thematic really great production if you're a Harry Potter fan, this is almost a must-buy, especially if you're a Harry Potter fan gamer. Get it, play through it once, experience it, because, I mean, there's a lot of games that you'll buy in your life that you won't play as many times as you'll play this game just to get through it. Right. And then even if you don't like it in the end, you'll have enjoyed the experience. What, what are your uh, thoughts on the game? Um, in terms of positives, um, I think we've covered them pretty well. The game is extremely thematic. 
Uh, it's pretty simple and straightforward. It's a great, great point for people who are not serious gamers. Um, this is a game that you could take home and play with your cousins who don't play games or go play with, you know, your parents, things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't you don't need to be a rocket scientist to play this game by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. It's it's simple, it's straightforward. Um and if you like deck building games at all, you'll enjoy it. Cool. Awesome. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to Bags and Boards here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet, brought to you by Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, next door to the movie theater here in Stephenville. Game and Movie Traders does buy, sell, and trade for both new and used video games. They offer both new and classic video games for all systems, including PS4, Xbox One, as well as Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and all consoles in between. Information at 965-GAME or at Facebook.com slash Game and Movie Traders Sville. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX. Tell us what you think about Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Um, go to Facebook. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards. And we're at SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards. Go there. Listen to all of our old episodes. We've got some awesome interviews up there. Full episodes now going up. We used to put up reviews. Now we put up full episodes every week. So you can listen to all the old episodes if you want there. And uh, let's get into the rest of the review, man. Sure. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm not wanting to be, like, super negative here, but, I mean, we've been building it up like we're about to bash this game. But. Oh, I've got a baseball bat over here, man. <laughs> <Yeah. You> wanna... <laughs> so, I I loved playing this game, but I will say that now, until my son's old enough to play this game with me, say right. after we've read Harry Potter books and watched the movies or right. whatever, um, I couldn't see myself playing the game anymore because as a game... It's just to me not that great of a game, even though I loved playing it. I'm I'm going to disagree with you. I think it's a very solid game, just as a as a game perspective. Yeah. Um, is it lightweight? Absolutely. Is it straightforward? You know, not a whole lot of thought required to play it. Sure. And if you want to knock a game for that, I mean, that's that's fair. Some people like more meat on their on their game, and there's not uh, not a whole lot to chew through with this, but. Uh, I can't knock a game that I that I enjoyed playing as much as I did playing this. I just I can't do it for that that reason. Yeah, yeah, and I there, uh, I love plenty of simple games. And I there are things really about do. this. Pe- people at home, let me let me get this one straight. There are things I don't like about this, and I was not joking about having a baseball bat over here. I am about to tear into this game, but that's not why. Yeah, let me just say that. Yeah, me too, because I like plenty of simple games. This being simple has nothing to do with what I think negatively about the game. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's just not it. It's got flaws that have nothing to do with its simplicity. Right. And it does get kind of meaty at the end. And I bet our flaws are not going to be at least not entirely the same flaws. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm really curious. Uh, I know you've got some notes typed up over there. I'm really curious as you to hear you go down this list. Yeah, so my biggest problem with the game is the length of the game. Okay. Which... I guess might have something to do with its simplicity because I'm just not willing to put in the amount of time it takes to play this game for the game it's offering me, right? Okay. This the game at first is quick, but once you get into the upper games, which once you get there, you're not gonna want to scale back down necessarily. You might, especially to teach people or whatever. Absolutely. But um, you know, you might not want to play game seven all the time, but I think game six is like a perfect game okay. for this game um and maybe maybe just get rid of the conditional stuff from game seven but add in the cards right um 
it's just the fact that you never take a villain out of this game. I mean, think about it. You have to defeat every villain every game to win the game. Right. Every time a new game comes out, you add at least three new villains and you have to defeat them all, and their powers increase as well. Yes. So you're just adding, I mean, say it takes you 20 minutes to defeat these three villains, you're adding 20 minutes onto the game. There's no, like, there's no scaling there at all. Right. And that's, like, my main issue with the game is that there's just no scaling in the game at all. You will, once your power levels get built up to a certain point, just start wiping out villains, but... You are adding length onto the game every time. Absolutely. So you're looking between two and two and a half hours for what some of the top level games. I bet you could get it done in an hour and a half, but I would say average two hours. That's probably fair. It's it's probably a two hour game at, at game seven. Yeah. Assuming you've got four people who have played before and at least have a decent idea as to what they're doing. But you are are you not having any trouble with the length of the game not bothering you? Not not particularly. Um, it is a little long, but it's not, to me, it's not ridiculously long. Um, I have set through, uh, DC deck builder games that took an hour and a half Okay. because person A, who is not you, uh, their deck went off before anybody else's did. Yeah. So say you're playing a four player game, person B takes their turn and it's 30 seconds because they play their five cards and go. Person C does the same. Person D does the same. Person A then takes five to ten minutes because they're drawing their entire deck, buying the entire lineup, buying a supervillain, and probably still have stuff left over. The game's effectively over at that point, but if everybody still sits there and goes through it, it's it's an hour and a half, two hour game for a for a cryptozoic game that's you know ninety minutes tops most of the time. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes uh. That makes sense. Um, yeah, for me, it is just too long. Um, but if that doesn't bother you, then it doesn't bother you. Right. Right. Um, to, to me, the like big issue is the power swings, right? So the way things come out is just troubling to me. I mean, like, you you're, you shuffle all the villains up. So not even, th- I don't care thematically, but like, you might have, when say when you're playing two villains, you might have two villains that work really well off of each other that are really doing a ton of damage and are super powerful at the beginning of the game that are just beating you down, right? right? That's not fun. When also on the flip side, you might have two insanely weak villains or three that are just boring to play with, right? right? So you're building up, building up, but then you get to the opposite end and just like a lot of deck builders, but this one seems to be even worse. Like you're almost like going through the motions of taking your turns to destroy villains because you're so powerful at that point. Like you might be all the way at the end and the three weakest villains come out. Right. And you go, Oh, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna kill these two with all the attack I have. I don't know, just the the wide power swings kind of just bug me a little bit. I, I agree that that's a, a very serious issue with the game. Um if you are say you're playing game five, just picking one at random here. If at the start of the game all three villains come out that are from game five. They're the most powerful villains you've seen yet. Yeah. Um, and you have nothing in your deck. You're between a rock and a hard place, and yeah. you're there for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, conversely, if, you, uh, if you've if you played, you're, you're still in game five, well, you just you finally get through those three villains from game five. Well, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. And uh, 
we'll 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 say luck swings to the other extreme. So you get to the end and you've built your decks up and you still haven't lost despite having that terrible start. Well, here's uh here's your three book one villains that take five attack apiece and don't really do much. Yeah, and you just you kind of chuckle and just nuke them from orbit. Yeah, yeah. So it can create these like devastating defeats where you didn't have a chance. And I like co-op games that beat you down, but not co-op games that beat you down relentlessly. Right. And it can be that game, or it can be this game where it's almost like going through the motions. It can get kind of boring. Yes. You know what I mean? So there were there were two or three games that we were playing where I was like, all right, this is over. This game has absolutely no chance of uh, doing anything significant to impede us from winning. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get there. Yeah, for sure. Which is which is certainly, if it happens repeatedly, is a problem. Yeah, and this game, like to me, can't even decide which type of bad game it is. Right. And I'm not saying it's a bad game, but like there are moments, there are games you play where everything's coming out perfectly and it just sings. You know what I mean? And but then the fact that it could be this negative or this negative, and it's not even always the same negative, I don't know. And and as funny as this sounds, I think that's part of what makes it a good game, is it starts to go one direction of this game's just going to crush you. And then when you go, okay, right, I mean, just right before you go, okay, we're crushed, this is over, you know, uh, then, then the game swings the other direction and... As a result of where it was, it swings back and you go through a period of everything is balanced. Yeah. And then you get back to the other extreme and you're like, well, this is this is nice only because we were so close to being crushed earlier. Yeah. And then right when you, at least with the bigger games, right when you start to go, all right, this is easy. Well, then a big bad guy comes out again and it starts to swing back the other way. And I think because it never actually quite reaches either of the extremes of this is a bad game, it ends up being a good game. And that's the crazy thing to me is that it can be that. Oh, it could be. Things cannot be that. Yes. It could just be all the hardcore stuff at the beginning, all the easy stuff at the end. And the the potential for that is absolutely there. Yeah. I think that if they would have spent a lot more time, a lot more time really balance, figuring out a, a system to really balance the game. Right. I think we would be in a different spot. Right. Um, Pretty much in the end, there's a lot of really exciting moments. There's a lot of like, hurrah, type of moments. Um, Like especially in the end when you're rolling dice for a really specific reason and you roll that right die. I mean, I I rolled the final die last night to do the final thing, and it was was awesome. You know what I mean? So the game is really fun. If you have good company and people who love Harry Potter, you're going to have an awesome time. Oh, yes. Regardless, right? This, This game is, like, it would be hard for me to imagine playing this and having a bad time. Yeah, for sure. But to me, if you're once you finish that experience, or if you're someone who's not a Harry Potter fan but you're a gamer, right? I don't think there's a need for this game. I think there are other games that are much more worth your money if you're not just a big Harry Potter fan. I I would agree that if or you're, even a even a minor Harry Potter fan. Yeah, I would agree that if you don't if if you're in a if you're in a worse boat than I'm in because I'm not a very big Harry Potter fan. We said that earlier. Yeah. If you're if you're in a worse boat than me, if you just flat don't like Harry Potter, don't touch this game. Yeah, for sure. Because this game is Harry Potter. No, oh, it is. I mean, that's that's. It would be hard to put another theme on this. No, game. you couldn't do it. There's yeah. no way. Um, so if you're not, which if is you're a not testament to it, really. If but if you're not interested in that theme, yeah. go away. Yeah. Run. Yeah, I th- I just uh, 
to me, the way things mix is the ultimate problem for me. The the shuffling all the villains together, shuffling all the Dark Arts cards together, and shuffling all the Hogwarts cards together. I mean, like I said, you may never see the Sword of Gryffindor in your Game 7. Right. We luckily did, but what if you didn't? And it's like, well, okay, well, that would have been cool. I think a cool way to play this game, and it might just really not be good at all, right? Right. Or also, there, uh, Rado in his review mentioned a thing with the villains, like that to make you, you know, you can tend to focus on the hard villains, and there could be a villain sitting out there for a long time. Right. You're just not worried about. Like every every time you defeat a villain and you didn't like put anything on these other ones, they get an influence token on them. And then like once a villain gets so many influence tokens on them, you draw additional dark arts cards until you defeat them, you know? Right. Things like that to make you focus on on everybody, you know? Right. Um, but an interesting, I would love to try it this way, and it may just not be good, but <clears throat> shuffling game one stuff together with itself, putting it on top, shuffling game two stuff, putting it under that, and so on and so forth. Right. And then, like, say, once you defeat the last, or once you, once the last game one villain comes out, then, or once the first game two villain comes out, you discard all game one stuff. Okay. And then you play, play, play. Once the first game three villain comes out, discard all game two stuff. And you might have to keep in a lot of game one stuff just because that's like the bulk of the cards at the beginning. But it would be really cool to play this game where it did actually move along with the story, which I think would kind of help it like with its balance too. It would not only be really cool thematically, but the balance would be cool too because at the beginning you're using – less powerful stuff to defeat less powerful villains. Right. And then towards the end, when you're grabbing the Sword of Gryffindor and getting all this stuff to roll dice and do these big spells that give you four health or whatever, that's when you're fighting the final Voldemort and things like that. Right. So I would like to play it like that, and I don't know that that's the answer, but I feel like there's something that could have been done to make that balance in that sort of way. Um. It's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, this is not something I've given a ton of thought to, but uh, there there certainly could have been something to, to help balance the game out. Um, I don't know that getting rid of all the Game 1 cards after the, the, the Game 1 villains leave is the correct answer, um, just because there are so many of them. Yeah. Um, but I could see getting rid of... Uh, the game two villains because after game one the number of cards that get added into the deck is a relatively small number um but you know with things other than game one I could possibly see that happening yeah just to to make it a little more likely to see those big cards at the end of game six game seven yeah for sure um but uh I don't know there's there's certainly a swinginess to the game yeah and uh a little bit of a luck element I don't know I think it was game five. Where on five different occasions, if anything else went wrong, we were going to lo- start losing locations. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And, you know, we just happened to have the right card at the right time or beat the yeah. right villain at the right time to save our neck. But, I mean, the game got to that point of, all right, now comes yeah. the pain probably a half a dozen times. Yeah, and we were like, sure. no, how about not yeah. any pain today? And I will say the one game we lost, 
was because of this issue, right? Yeah, because like, uh, we're at the very beginning not being able to get any money because you just don't at the beginning, right? And all the cards cost five or six or seven or eight, and you just we can't afford them. Yeah, I mean, we can't we can't buy anything, so we're just gonna sit here and get crushed. So if we can't make our deck better, and the villains are still beating us down, we're I mean we've lost the game on their turn five. You that's know? that. There's one very simple fix: is that if uh, if you go around around the table, you know, all the players get a a go. And nobody buys anything out of the lineup, you just you just throw those cards away and go get a new lineup. That's a good idea. Yeah, like like at the end, that could actually be a really good idea. Like you go around, or even if everybody does buy something, and at the end of the round, from first player to last player, clear the board and put out new, or or at least you know cards that didn't get bought. Yeah, and that yeah, that's what I, yeah. If a card if a card sits there for four players worth of turns. Yeah. And that could help make things, everything come out that you want to see too. So it would help things come out. And on top of that, like with a Harry Potter feel, um, you have a limited opportunity at most of these things. You know, uh, do you do you get the do you take the opportunity to go get this item or do you not? And if you don't, well, it, thanks, thanks for playing. It's gone now. You mm-hmm. you all passed on it. Now you don't get to have that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. My final statement on Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle is this. So, unless you are a Harry Potter fan, so if you're a Harry Potter fan or playing with people of varying degrees of, you know, like or love for Harry Potter, you, you're going to have a great time. Right. It's fun. To go through these seven boxes and have this experience is awesome. But for me, in the end, until my son's older and I play this again, this is just isn't a game I would continue to play or a game I would worry about getting if you're not even remotely interested in the theme, right? Do do we have time? Because I have one other really major negative that I'd like to talk about while we're in this segment. Sure. Um, the quality of the cards themselves is very poor. We've played this game eight times, and the uh, backs of the cards are already uh, coming off. Yeah. Uh, the the main pictures themselves on the fronts of the cards uh, have not deteriorated any, but you can definitely start to see some wear on the corners and the edges, things like that. These are not high quality cards. Um, Some of the cards are very oddly shaped. You know, you got square cards, you've got oversized cards. Uh So even with those finding sleeves for them to help protect them is not going to be an easy thing to do. Yeah, that's true. And they are real low quality cards. Some of the other components are good, but. Most of the other components are good, but the, the cardboard player plane, boards have started to warp already, so that's not good. Yeah, but. the 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 main board itself it looks like the Marauders map. It's thick. It's yeah. heavy duty. I feel like you could spill something on it, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, the chits, the metal skulls, all great. All but of the those cards are great. Are just awful. But it's a I mean, deck building game, and the cards are junk. You shuffle cards a lot in a deck building game. Yeah, like a lot. And you're adding cards in as you're playing it, so all of those are getting shuffled, you know, as well. And, like, to me it feels like, and I realize you and I have had the conversation about sleeves before, but if you buy this game, you need to go buy 300 sleeves worth of, or, uh, yeah, 300 cards worth of sleeves to go with it to, to make sure that your cards go don't go to, don't yeah. go to junk immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, the starter cards, all four starter decks for your game, they all look like junk. Yeah, that's true. I was sitting there. We played uh, this game eight times, and it already looks like I've owned this game for five years. Yeah, and I was like, I was 
we were playing uh, game seven on Monday. I'm sitting here looking at my deck. We're two thirds of the way through the game, and I'm looking at the deck, looking at the top of the card, or the top card of the deck, going, "I don't want to draw that. That card's beat up. It's a starter." Oh yeah, that's true. That's not fair, and it's not right, and it's a yeah. sign of a poorly put together game. Yeah, luckily is, it's a co-op game, so knowing what cards people might be drawing, it's like, not the end of the world. But at the same time, you don't want to have that that advantage. Yeah, yeah. Like we used to play Catan, and like one of the cards had a chip in it. We knew it was a sheep, right? And like if you were drawing a card randomly, you'd go, "I'm not drawing that card," you right? Know, that sort of thing. So there's none of that because it's cooperative. But you're right, cards are awful. The boards are starting to warp. But other than that, components are good. The yeah. cards are really bad cards. Um, so yeah, yeah. Until my son's older, it's not a game I'm going to continue to play. And if you're not a Harry Potter fan, don't play it. I love the experience of getting to revisit the story of Harry Potter in a completely different way. Right. It was awesome. I had a great time. Good people to play with. My wife even came to the shop. Yes, and she played did. With us one time, which was awesome, and uh, and she had a good time. And she's not a huge Harry Potter fan, so. Um, but to me, the absolute lack of balance from all angles in this game um, take it out of contention for it being a, a viable game to play past the first full experience. And I just can't have the confidence in this game that it's going to give me a good experience for the amount of time that I'm going to put into it. Right. So I just can't play. I just couldn't play it. I couldn't play it anymore because I can't. I don't trust it. So, so this is a thumbs down from Lance. It's no. It's a. It's a. I, my thumb is spinning around in a circle. Okay. So I mean, that's fair. If you're a Harry Potter fan, it's an instant buy. Go right. buy it right now. If you're a gamer who doesn't care about Harry Potter, stay away from it. If you're a gamer Harry Potter fan, buy it. Play it once through. You're going to play it more than probably most of those games on your shelf. Be honest with yourself. Right. right? Um, and then you're going to be like, man, that was awesome. Put it away. Sell it. Whatever you want to do. Go donate it to a foster home. I don't care what you do with it. But just like you're going to enjoy those 7 to 14 plays. How many ever plays it takes you to beat every game? Right. Know? So it's a it's a, it's a a mix. Okay. That's what fair about enough. What um, I, as a person who loves games but comes from a family who doesn't play a lot of games, this is a great game for me to be able to get my hands on and go take to them yeah. and say, you know, let's play this. Um, personally, I feel like the world needs more games like this. Yeah, uh, I give it a, a resounding thumbs up. I had a great time playing it uh, the entire time, uh, despite the, the fact that it's a deck-building game with low-quality cards, which yeah. is a huge knock against it, in my opinion. Uh, but overall, I would. Uh, it's a great game. I loved playing it. I would absolutely play it again if somebody said, "Hey, you want to play?" I, I would give it on a on a one to five scale. I'd probably give it a four. Awesome, man. Good. So, Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle. Yes, sir. That's it. So, uh, take our reviews for what you will, and uh, check it out if you're interested. You hear that? That's the sound of healthy, safe water from the tap, and that safe water is available nearly everywhere in America. Thanks in large part to the Safe Drinking Water Act, which turns 40 this year. Happy birthday, Safe Drinking Water Act. Together, let's keep our water safe for the next 40 years and beyond. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. That was our review of Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. We're going to get out of here, and we'll see you guys next week for our review of the networks. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Goodbye.